All right, welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back, have some drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Kilgallen's Pub, also on Instagram at Kilgallen's Pub. You can follow me on all the platforms at Joe Kilgallen. I'm very excited for today's podcast. I am reuniting with an old friend <laughs> who is fantastic, hilarious comedian. I would plug your show tonight, but sold out. Is it? Isn't it? I no. Thought, no? Oh, never mind. Out. It is. Plug it. <laughs> it's plug it. Plug I don't away. Know. Everybody thinks it's sold out. I it thought is. I saw on Facebook that it was sold out. I don't think so. I got tour. I got counts that it was not sold out. Why did I see a post saying sold out? Well, I mean, I'm glad you said that. I should send my. Well, no. That's well. You know, it's I gotta also... send my manager a text that's. Well, this is also dumb of me too because this podcast is going to come out after the well, show. Sure, <laughs> but I mean, more. I'm glad we're talking. I got too about excited. It this has happened twice now when I've podcasted with old friends from LA. Last week I podcasted with my buddy Gareth Reynolds. I don't know if you know him. Really good guy. I remember that name. He co-hosts a podcast called The Dollop. Yes. It's a pretty cool history podcast. But I was so excited that I, I gave some credits but never said his name. So and I'm doing the same thing. Rhea Butcher on the podcast. What's up? What is That's up? me. This is gonna be fun because you and I haven't got to podcast together and I always love doing it back when I lived in LA. So uh, yeah, I mean, we did um, we did your talking about baseball, right? Yes, it was but, comedians. Talked, first, it was called comedians talking sports. Then I narrowed it down to baseball yeah, because it was too. You got to narrow it down. It was too. I, too, too many much sports. going on. Yeah, so I, I was a little just distracted just now because I straight up did text my manager to be like, "Is, is someone saying it's sold out?" Because you're not the first person that's said okay. Cool. No, I don't. So feel- that's why I want to like figure out what's going on because that would suck for tickets. People will not buy tickets because they think it's sold out. And right. if it's so, say, yeah, that's. I've had that argument. What there's a always, nightmare, Joe. That's always, an actual nightmare to hear on course. a show day that, like, I have the potential to sell it out, but I'm not because people think it's sold out. <laughs> that has happened before. I remember one time promoting a show is always difficult. Oh, they're terrible, and I'm not. I'm not using a PR thing. So it's all you. It's all me. That's so much it's added stress. All my Twitter, my Instagram, and you know, I, this is the only time that I use Facebook. And I don't. I still don't like using it, but it is a very powerful advertising tool, and it sucks it, to have to keep using it. It is. We're going to get into that because okay, I, I have a whole cool. thing about how I think both of us have lately had a love hate thing with the internet. Oh yeah, we definitely do. We should definitely talk about it. The other thing I want to say is I'm glad to be podcasting with you too. It's been a minute, and we are old teammates, and I have to catch you up on the World Series win, champ. Yes. You also, am I going to get voted a share? World Series. Um, someone's still. It's hilarious because every night, like I've talked to you and I talked to a few other people on our old team. We used to play in this great uh, baseball league in uh, Pasadena, but you, it's moved. It's no longer in the same place, right? <laughs> no, because the person who runs that league told us we're not allowed to play on that field. Oh. So we had to find other fields and like the permitting situation in Los Angeles is so cutthroat. And is this person your typical 1980s villain lookalike? Yeah, that would be that person. I mean, I don't want to talk too much shit, but that's what happened. He, he was I, like, I no, this is my about. field. You can't have it. We were like, all right. So we found other other people. I didn't do the legwork, so I can't take any credit for that. But um, other people he, he found He basically said, fields. I'm taking my field and I'm going yeah, home. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. I mean, it's just kind of funny because it's like the typical baseball experience. It is Childhood. very funny. <laughs> because I'll admit it, I was that kid every now and then playing like... Oh, so was I. Get we, off my property. Yeah, oh, you did the get off your property. Oh, of I never was able to do that one. I had a, We rented an apartment up until I was like 10, and then we moved over to a house, but luckily I was a little bit cooler by then. Sure, yeah. But we did it where, you know, your typical Chicago block. I don't know how Akron, Ohio's blocks are, if they're, if they're similar enough, but we had it where, 
you know, the sidewalks in the middle, you got grass on both sides. Yep. So like the one square was like home plate. Yep. And then someone's like front stoop would be first base. Mm -hmm. And then the other square would be second base. And then like the fire hydrant would be third. Yeah. We kind of played it like that. And I remember a few times being like, you know what? I'm taking my ball, taking the bat. I'm going home for whatever stupid, like calling me out at third when I was safe or whatever. Or like a strike or something. It's like, who? come on, we're not actually umping. I look back on those thinking, man, I was so immature, but then it always makes me laugh for some reason. Of course. I laugh I mean, at how stupid I was. you had to learn that, yeah, of course, of course. That's the whole thing. Yeah, so we're gonna definitely going to talk baseball. Great. Going to talk some internet. Yeah, but sorry about the freaking you out with the sellout. I was going to oh, mention Oh, I'm glad you did. Have you ever done it where, so producing comedians, you should know here in Chicago for a long time, I'm producing in LA, and you produce a great show called Put Your Hands Together at UCB every Tuesday nights mm-hmm. at 9 p.m.? 8 p.m. 8 p.m. The Franklin one. It's also a podcast if you don't live in Los Angeles. That's right. Check that out. Wolf right now. Put Your Hands Together. And I always love the opening beat to it. It's like, put your <laughs> Doug hands. Pa- uh, Doug Pound made that. DJ Doug Pound. It's made good. That, like the fir- literally the first week, and then it's just been the song for five years. It's, it's catchy. have been that show for five years. That long now? Yeah. That makes sense. Six years. I've had, yeah, it has to be six, because I think you were going strong for a good year before. I moved to LA in 2014. I think you were going mm-hmm. strong for a good year before yeah. then. I've done this with promotion where we'll say, tell people there's only like 10 tickets left mm-hmm. and yes. then no one buys it because they assume by the time they saw that right. post, the 10 tickets are yeah, gone. Of course. I've had someone say to me like, oh, you guys sold out yesterday. I'm like, no, actually we had 10 tickets left. Yeah. Oh, I would have bought. I would have bought those last I looked at I the time thinking, oh, there's gone by now. You know, right. people don't even check. It's people weird. People don't even check. You That's have to make things so easy for people now. You do. You have to put it right in front of them. And even then you kind of have to hold their hand and be like, please buy this. <laughs> Unless you get the right thing. Have you ever tried to buy tickets to something where they keep making you click through different things? Yes. I've had it where I'm like yelling at my computer screen or my phone and I'm like, I'm trying to give you money. Right. Why are you making You're it harder making on me? you me leave. Yeah. I'm no. trying to help you. It's I've had that with ridiculous. concert tickets, certain websites. I think I bought concert tickets through um, Live Nation's website's actually okay, or whatever cha- or thing they use, but Jam Productions, where it was like, what are you, why am I, I going through seven? They do, like, I think some of the shows that, like, mid-size venues, sure. like bands that you're like, they might be good one mm-hmm. day, right. but like they'll play there, that type of thing. Um, did you, did I see you tweet, are you going to see um, Bikini Kill when they're, um, because they're on like a reunion yeah, tour, they're right? they're doing a reunion. I'm going to go. My friend bought tickets. I didn't, I was in the air when the tickets were sold. So I, I was like, I can't buy any of this. Then they did a second night and my friend already bought tickets. So I'm just not. I, I do this thing now where I like bet on being able to maybe figure my way into things. <laughs> and if you buy the tickets, then takes the fun out of it a little bit. That. So like, I just kind of wait to be like, can I maybe go with somebody? But my friend already bought tickets, so I'm going to go. Oh, perfect. Um, and yeah, I did a comedy show at Kathleen Hanna's house. I was in her bedroom. Oh man. I'm jealous of that. She was so nice. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I mean, she was so nice. I also have so a running... gracious. It was really wonderful. That's really cool. Yeah. I have a thing where um, a couple podcast listeners know where I'm about to go with this, that I've brought up Kurt Cobain, yes. not on purpose, uh, in like seven of the last eight podcasts for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Like Adam Burke, I had on the podcast uh, two nights ago, and he did this either or of Prince versus MJ, who like who would you get rid oh. of? Like if you, I don't, it's a, sure. you don't want to get rid of either, really. But yeah, I mean, if I had it, MJ. See, I said Prince, but I think wow. it's a generational so thing, you, even though you were about the same year. What are you basing year, couple, it on? Well, yeah. here's what I said. I said Prince is... Because I'm basing it on humanity. Well, 
Yes, because Michael Jackson. And then Jackson, the music is second, and honestly, Prince, I think, is a better musician. No, Prince is a way better musician. I said that. <laughs> yeah. I think as far as an entertainer goes, I think Michael Jackson's a better entertainer. And yeah. he said we could take away the outside activities. Sure. Because Prince has been accused of stuff, too, actually, which we'd even I wasn't even aware of until yeah. people started Googling which some stuff. Same things or different things? No, he hasn't done anything to children. Uh, Sinead O'Connor said that uh, she feared for her life, though, and thought he was going to hit her Yikes. when they okay. met at his house. Oh, all right. But, I mean, you know, yeah. I don't want to get too much yeah. into this stuff because, yeah. And that wasn't the point of it. Only but, because that's not the point of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you and I could talk about it later. Yeah, we can Or we could it. Google more about it because <laughs> yeah. I remember someone saying, oh, I thought there was some BS report and something. You know, it's just, there's a, whole, there's a lot know. on the internet is what the there's, point was. There's a lot of things. And then we're finding. That's not we're, discounting it. It's just saying we don't know, and that's not what we want to talk about right now. Yes, <laughs> that's that's it. that too. <laughs> most uh, people we, know our politics, and I don't need to get into it right now. Yeah, so. I, most people do because we don't. I don't really talk politics too often on well, the I podcast. Just mean it comes up naturally, of, though. Politics of the issue that we're starting. Oh to yes, about. that too. That's that too. I, mean. I don't mean big P politics. I mean my personal politics. There you go. PP politics. PP personal. You know, you're done with. You're done with MPP. My PP. Yeah, exactly. For sure. My for PP, sure. you know. My PP? <laughs> that sounds brutal, too. Jesus Christ. Ridiculous. All right. <laughs> so then Nirvana Pearl Jam <laughs> yeah. became one because that's always a classic. I, I, what I like about the good either ors are you have to choose two artists really, that are like yeah. really, you can't just say, um, you know, a Beyonce or Nickelback because obviously that's, well, that's stupid. A, yeah, yeah obviously, that's not fun. You, you want a fun debate. I'm just kidding. Duh. I'm kidding. <laughs> She's not Canadian, you know? Yeah. Um, so. I then realized I'm like, man, that's like the seventh podcast in a row about Nirvana for whatever uh-huh. reason. And so yeah, now someone's someone said it should be a drinking game where I keep it going because Kathy yeah. and Hannah and Kirk Cobain were really, really good friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what smells like Teen Spirit is about. Yeah, she insp- she, she spray painted on the wall. Did she say that or did Kathy say that? I think Kathy said Kurt smells like Teen Spirit. Is that? I don't. know. It was Bikini Kill. Bikini Kill. Yeah, because I don't know well, Kirk Cobain was dating was Toby exactly. Vale. Right. They dated for a while. And Apparently, all three of them were there at that show that I did. Really? Fucking Bikini Kill was watching me do stand-up. Wow. So and didn't Dave Grohl and Kathleen Hanna date for a second? Probably. I think they did. But you've seen the documentary The Punk Singer? No, I haven't seen that yet. It's really good. It's about you know Kathleen yeah, Hanna right. and everything like that. And uh, she told a really cool story. Listeners, if I'm repeating this from a podcast four or five episodes ago, I can't remember because yeah. I know I talked about it with a few people. It's also your fault if you remember that. Yeah, right? <laughs> Where... Um, there was a fake, she had gotten pregnant and she was like looking to get an abortion and they went to this one place and they discovered it was a fake abortion clinic in, um, I don't know if it was in Seattle or Tacoma, whatever, Olympia. somewhere up there. Olympia? I think it was Olympia yeah. actually, good call. Uh-huh. And um, they were like, all right, so we got to do something. So her and Kurt at night, we're going to like just vandalize it. And uh, she spray painted on it like fake abortion clinic thinking, yeah. And then she looked at what he spray painted and he spray painted like, God is gay or something like that or yeah. like abort Jesus or something yeah. like that and then she's like damn he was always such a better artist like, <laughs> sure. I don't know I just thought that was a hilarious yeah, story that's funny yeah so that's really cool if uh, you get to see that but yeah, I, I would love to if you um, brand yourself a super fan this is just a good lesson for everyone listening people will think of you when tickets show up because oh, yeah. I've gone to a lot of Cubs games where I haven't paid a dime yeah for sure because people have extra tickets on their go-to. It doesn't work for Dodger games for whatever reason. I haven't gone to a ton of free. I mean, friends have taken me to Dodger games, but I've never been gifted Dodger tickets. Really? Yeah. I think the, well, the. You the, hooked me up, I'm pretty sure. When you, JP Buck and I went, I, yeah, maybe I paid. I don't think I well, did. Well, that was like, we, he, he was like, let me take you to a game. It wasn't like free tickets come, came up. Oh, I'll give I got him the, it. The, I mean, that distinction. Yeah. Like, it's nice when I someone calls you up last second going, hey, someone just yeah, exactly. canceled. You want to come? Yeah. 
But yeah. not that many people are into baseball in Los Angeles in the same way that they are in Chicago. Yeah, like. Chicago's pretty nutty about it. You have your diehards in LA, but I feel like LA is yeah, one of those towns to too. Say, it's not a last minute town. No, it's not. A, that, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's not that there aren't diehard fans. It's that it's not a last minute town. Yeah, because if someone says to you, if it's a 705 Dodger game on a Wednesday night and you hit someone up yeah, at 630, they're like, oh, they're there's only like, 10 oh, tickets left. It's, they, they do the same thing. Yeah. They're like, oh, there's 10 tickets left. Eh, whatever. Nobody wants to go to this. No. And they don't a- offer. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. So we're talking baseball. I'm glad you brought, mentioned the Dodgers because yep. we'd segue into this because sure. he grew up a diehard Dodger fan, became a, a Cubs fan because one of his best friends was a, a coach for the Cubs, still is a coach. I don't know what I said was. Uh, this is the second podcast in a row I'm mentioning him. I mentioned it Wednesday night uh, when we did the live podcast at the Cubby Bear, coincidentally enough. Brody Stevens, mm-hmm. rest in peace. Uh, you and I both have a connection to him. I have to thank you because he yeah. asked you to do a show yep. that you couldn't do and you couldn't suggested me, yep. which was cool because I had known him before, but I don't think mm-hmm. I'd popped in his mind yet at that time. Of course, yeah. And uh, yeah, I got to meet some of the guys on David Ross and a few of the mm-hmm. Cubs coaches and everything like that, a show we did at the Hollywood Improv. Well, Brody died. Everyone, if you listen to this podcast for the first time, he died and you're not aware of this. He died last Friday. It's almost in a week now. Yeah, I think so. I believe. And what's been great is everybody just the outpouring of everyone sharing the stories. Mm-hmm. And before the podcast started, you and I mentioned even that he was, it was amazing how many baseball players we saw, uh, Brandon McCarthy, Jake mm-hmm. Arrieta, Dan Heron, um, Sean Doolittle, Sean Doolittle, John Baker. I think I saw a tweet from Anthony Rizzo, maybe. I don't know. But there was a lot of mm-hmm. major league baseball players who were also like, I can't believe it. I'm in shock. And yeah. they were sharing stories the same way the comedy community was. Yep. And to me, that's fantastic because. Like he grew up dreaming of being a major league baseball player. Mm-hmm. Played Division One in yeah, scholarship. He, he could pitch. The yeah. guy could throw. He could. He could still throw. Great mechanics. Yeah, great mechanics. <laughs> He'd always say, and uh, to see that's got to be really cool. I mean, obviously he had his demons, of course, and was um, in a lot of pain. Uh, so, but I, I would like to think if there is an afterlife or whatever, the fact that he saw on on social media, which is something that he messed around with a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was one of those people too. There'd mm-hmm. be like a lot of positive energy on Twitter. And then three days later, I'd see a tweet from him going, a lot of negative people on yeah, the site. I got to get off. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it would just make me laugh. Um, and uh, to see the, the two loves, both having this outpour of like appreciation for his life and wishing, you know, he was still alive and wishing it didn't go down the way it was. Mm-hmm. That's got to be something that's that's pretty cool in a sense. Yeah, I mean, that's, you said afterlife, and like, as far as I'm concerned, that is the one that I know is real, is like the way somebody lives on with people. Oh, and, yeah, because we see that. Yeah, you Good can call. see that, it's there, and like his, you know, he would always say positive energy and all that stuff, and everybody's talking, you know, these comics that are like, we're all, you know, whether we, we feel it or not, like people love to be, outward with their negativity honestly and then just to see all these comics like being positive for a day was like oh there you go he did it he did do it for one day for one day he got everybody positive and i mean that's what he did in comedy and he was a warm-up comic and he did his job like there were these outpourings of stories of he knew how to break every single room every single room of five people of 500 people and that is like a talent that not everybody gets to see, you know, and that I'm grateful that I got that I moved to Los Angeles to even just like witness somebody working like that because that's a warm up comic is not on television. A warm up no, comic yeah. is what makes the television work, and you don't see it, and that's the point of it. And they so, really like, go underappreciated. They really do, and like he was probably the best, you know, like, definitely at, at, of 
this generation. There's Gary there's Cannon, many, if you're listening, you're up there too. There's my many good ones. Yeah, I'm not trying to like be. Yeah, whatever, we're not ranking but, them right now. But he just is, was very good at it. Like he, he knew was. what to say to every single audience. And so there are, you know, you brought up his like Twitter use and like there was some political stuff that was going on at the end. But like I, it, it it's a good reminder to me that. What what is important in someone's life? You know, what is important in your life? What what is the impact that they made? Some tweets that you disagree with about politics, or the fact that like every the from the moment I met that guy, he treated me with respect from comic to comic. Like that's what I was trying to tell people about that guy. It was like I mean I looked even gayer than I look now. You know what I mean? And that's not like me assuming that somebody's going to judge me for that, but like it is a thing, you know, it's yeah, a thing. You're, it, totally. it's like it's, it's, it can be a thing. Oh, I, I've, I've seen it. You've seen it. Ha- seen, it happens. Yeah, like, has, and, if you're and, not paying attention, and people don't even know they're doing it sometimes. So, like he he treated me with comic to comic respect from the beginning. He texted me. I don't know if he texted somebody before me, and I was second, third, fourth. For all I know, I was first on the list, and that's what matters. He, he texted me to do that show. It meant the world to me that he asked, and then you were the first person I thought of because I was like, I can't take this wonderful opportunity, so I'm going to give it to the first person I know that's going to appreciate it. And you did, and because I knew that's what he was doing for me. And so that that's, pay it forward mentality, he yeah, definitely had that. Yes, exactly. Like push and all that yeah. shit that he would say. Like, it's true, man. You know, it's true. And so who knows how long people are going to hold on to that. But I mean, they still are now, you know, like it's been a week. People are still thinking about it. I mean, I'm spending time in the valley right now and I'm just like, yeah, okay. 818 till I die for sure. Like he keeps living on in these different little ways. And another thing to the people listening who don't know, if you're not unaware of who we're talking about, Brody Stevens was a great comedian, recently died. Look him up on YouTube. Had a thing on Comedy Central for a little bit called Enjoy It. And was Mm -hmm. always very, what I respected those because he was always open with his um, struggles with mental health. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's what's, you know, there's a lot of things in society that are, are pretty bad, of course, that goes without saying. Yeah, for sure. But one of the things I do appreciate over the last few years, yeah, I think it's been a few years now, is that the stigma is starting to fade. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's still some small-minded people who are like, well, what, you're depressed? Just, you know, go outside, walk, to cheer up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the internet yeah. is not the place to get to get healing, you know? Like, I think that no. I think that you can <laughs> express yourself and you can express what's going on for you. And I, th- I think it's valuable to be like, Hey, I have these issues. And then other people can be like, Oh, I'm not alone. I honestly think that's kind of where it ends. You know, like you can't go on the internet to get healing. You have to seek out, you know, these, but not everybody can, you know, not everybody is capable of doing it. And so unfortunately that's the case. But, um, I, I do think, yes, the stigma is going away, but I think I just am saying this to be like, it's a bit of a trap on the internet sometimes because the stigma goes away and then you feel like you can be open and you feel like you have these friendships and you do, but they're not the kind of friendships that can really help you through something like this, you know? Yeah, I would and agree that's with what's that. tough. There's something, it, it, you need a personal a connection. Yeah, it's a trick. A real personal connection, I think. Yeah, because you start to feel people are liking, they're supporting, you're getting the retweets and those are fake yeah. little dopamine rushes you Absolutely. get in there. But and then you, you get that one person that comes in and says something that, they shouldn't be saying to you and then you don't there's no recourse you know you're just like alone with your phone in your hand with the adrenaline of like pain and fear and trauma and it's it's a scary place yeah i saw brody was tweeting recently 
You know, because Twitter is weird and Facebook's weird with our, you're not on Facebook anymore, which is very smart of you. I um, mean, I still have it. I, I didn't delete it. it because, like I said, it up to, it's like a very powerful advertising tool, which sucks because I know that's what is nefarious about it. But honestly, like I am, I am like a working comic. I don't have like a big time job. I'm, I'm like a live performer right now. And that's like, I got to sell tickets. Like no, that's it's how a, I it's make an, money. It's <laughs> necessary evil in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've tried to get rid of it a few times. I've mm-hmm. made like a like an asshole. I've made that uh, big post going. Sure, I'm off of this uh, thing. Uh, yeah. If you want to find me, I'll be here. Yep. This place sucks. Like my other page, or here's my email, or yeah. Instagram, or whatever. He um, Brody. I remember toward the end there. I was saying with the algorithm. Sometimes I'd see a lot of his posts, and other times I wouldn't see any of his stuff. And then out of nowhere, I saw a bunch in a row where he had a special come out on Amazon, and I guess he was posting. He was upset with some of the reviews and how negative they were. And I'm like, yeah, you gotta. It's just a bummer, yeah. though, you know, the because... Review thing, see, that's the thing, is, like, you get stuck in that trap, you know, of, like, what to look at, what not to look at, you know? And, because, like, I... Um, so I've been trying to not use Twitter as much, but, like I, like I said, I've been promoting shows, and I had to get back on it, and then, you know, the I was using the web version, so I would close the tab, you know? And then it's not open on my phone. I'm not getting notifications. I barely get notifications for anything on my phone, and it's been like that for a while, and it has really helped a lot. Um, and I took Instagram off for a while, but then I was like, I got to promote these shows, so get back in that trap. And then you can't edit the photos in the web app if you're using the yeah. web on your phone. So it's like, I'll be fine. I'll just get the app, and then I can edit the phone. And no. And then I got dragged back down into the thing. And then um, something that I'm actually grateful for on Twitter is like I, I made a mistake. Like I said a thing. I thought I was correct and I was incorrect and I got like called out on it. And because I'm not on Twitter as much as I used to be, I'm not like living on it as much as I used to be. I didn't see it for a while. And so some of the reaction to that was, oh, this person doesn't care. They're ignoring you. And I was like, oh shit, but I'm so proud of my, look, I don't mean to be like, I'm so proud of myself, but I am proud of myself for seeing it and going, you know, that's not what happened. You know, what's true slow down, read the stuff, and let's respond like a human being. And that's exactly what I did. And I realized, like, it happened on Sunday. I didn't catch it till, like, 11 on Monday, like, 11 a.m. on Monday. And I that was like... That is seven months in the internet. I know. It's so long, right? It's such so a long. long. Time. I'm, I'm honestly grateful I wasn't canceled. Like, honestly, yeah. like, it's a joke, but it's also true. No, <laughs> it's I funny. It's just like, you know, because I, I had popped on in that time and tweeted at other people. I just didn't see that particular thing. And so... Then I just was like, oh, I am spending today on this. And then I was like, after this, after you feel as though, after it seems like other people, the people that are upset with you are perhaps satisfied with your reaction, then you get to stop and you are going to take the app off your phone and then you're only going to use the web and that's what I'm doing. And, and it's so much better. Like, I'll put things out. I check and see if I've made a mistake. If I haven't made a mistake, I go on my day. That's <laughs> <laughs> like it. And I try not to say bonkers things although i did say yesterday joe biden is worse than hillary clinton and i d- i thought i was gonna do really great and make people mad and it didn't so i was kind of surprised there you go um well i i applaud you for i applaud anyone in this day and age that could say oh i was wrong about a thing yeah i mean i was i feel like well that's great but i feel like people don't do that no they I feel like well, they double down and try to twist it where they go down. well wait a second hold they, on they do double down and i mean i i did have that fear react that immediate like and it is true, like, you don't know my life, and you don't know how I live my life, 
but I also can't show you in this moment. So both things are true. You only know me from this mistake. So that's the only thing you know me from. So yeah. that's the only thing I can bring to this is that, yes, I made a mistake. And I, I just have to roll with everything because you have a right to be mad. Sure. Because it's not just me that has made you mad about this. It is four or five other people that I, I am aware of because this is an internet thing we're talking about. A real thing. But, but the snowball of it was on the internet. And I was aware of it. And so I knew I was the, at least the third person in a line of people that have upset you about it. And you have a right to be upset about it. People have the right to be mad about whatever they, they want. They absolutely yeah. do. And so it's not, I don't get to go, hey. I think it's how you handle it on your end. Because I know people will get mad when someone's mad. And I go, no, they could be mad about whatever. Yeah, I can't get mad. Then you have to just, yeah. I can't get mad at you. I can't get mad at you. The only, and I can't fix your mad either in this moment. Like, I, there's nothing... It is there's, frustrating, There's actually though. nothing... I, absolutely. Because I'm a human being. Have you ever so had it... Have you, ever, <laughs> have you ever had it where there's still... Like, you've, you've made the pee... Like, I had it once where... This was this past St. Patrick's Day. I know because I remember thinking, I should take my apps off when I get that <laughs> sure? drunk. Yeah. Because what I did was, my one friend shared a post that was kind of giving Irish people a hard time. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was replying directly to her. But it was a quoted tweet, Oof. so I replied where everybody could see the replies. Yeah. And my reply to her was just giving her a hard time because uh-huh. just was between the two of us. But yeah, then the context and then gets So bigger. then I responded with, because I said something like, I'm not even going to read this. Yeah. That's what I wrote thinking right. just, just to it her. Just, yeah. Knowing that she would find it funny because yeah. she knows I go over the top. I become yeah. like a very character. I'm sure, more green yeah. all the time, you know. On St. Patrick's Day, like... I know people who are like, I love you, but you're too much on that day, <laughs> which I, I, I admit and I own, you know, I'm wearing green socks even on that day. And I woke up the next day to just like oh, all these notifications, I'm like what happened? <laughs> what did I do? And then, I, and then eventually I, I commented, hey, everyone, it was direct to her saying I'm not going to read it because she notoriously will post things like this yeah. and then be her and I will talk about it separately and then right. she, you know, so I, that's what I thought I was doing. Yes. You know, we're good friends. I wasn't doing it to slam whatever, whoever right. the author of the article was of or the course. original tweet. Yeah. Or to say like Irish people are the best or whatever. You yeah. know, obviously there's, you know, there's a lot of bad history. Basically the, I remember the article was, so people listening can know what it was. Um, it was basically about how Irish people, when they first came to America, uh, kind of like they took jobs for less than mm-hmm. recently freed black people. And they kind of undercut them. Yes. And, you know, the one point was though that every immigrant group does that to each other. But right. it was even really shitty because I, people don't know this. Actually, Irish people and black people were really tight when they first. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I always hated when people acted like they weren't. There's this horribly racist notion that black people with Irish last names all got them because the slave owner was Irish. Right. Which I'm like, do you, if you don't, do that, you know history at all? That would have been that impossible. It's economically impossible yes. actually. In the, here. <laughs> they came over in the 1850s. Slavery yeah. ended 13 years later. Right. In that time, they had whole plantations in the South. That's yeah. really incredible. Right. Exactly. Because only, they were, it was the 1% where, anyway, we're going down a different yeah, road with this. but road. That, that part was annoying because I'm like, I, I apologize. Yeah. And, and a lot of people actually did see it and we're like, oh, yeah, okay, we're cool, man. Like some yeah, people, yeah, right. but a lot of people still didn't. didn't. So I was still getting notifications calling me an asshole right. like days later. Can, yeah, you can't, the, the, that is the thing with the internet. You can't, con, A, you can't control any of it. And then also B, Twitter just changed the way it works so that if somebody I follow, I t- t- tweeted at a friend and then somebody jumped into those mentions and she was like, who is this person? And I was like, I'm sorry, you know, this is whatever. 
And it's like Twitter is doing that to encourage conversation, but what it's actually doing is it's encouraging the sort of like soft abuse of like people jumping in each other's mentions when you didn't intend that at all. This was an A-B conversation. Yes. It wasn't for you. And like, I will have conversations with you, but I, I'm i talking to her right now. True. And the, you know what I mean? But like, it just, Twitter, yeah, that part's Twitter annoying. isn't like a fun, it's, it, there was a time that it was fun, but when the time I'm talking about when it was fun for me, it was definitely not fun for somebody else. So it's never been fun. You know, that's the thing. That's, but that's culture. You know, it's really like, should just be for pet videos. Was, I'm yeah. all for, show me a dog and a penguin hugging. Show me, like, I mean, I got on it in t- 2007 when it started. My friend was into it. Oh, wow. You were early. I was. And then I was like, why am I on? I could just text you. Yeah. And I got rid of it. And then I got back on it in 2009. And I used to like tweet out my Foursquare check-ins and shit. That's why I have like 50,000 tweets. I really need to do a tweet delete. But I don't know why I'm hanging on to it. I don't think I you have like anywhere I'm, people are going to look up and be like, no. look what Rhea said in 2008 There's about... me that's like, I, wanted, I want you to go back and see how right I was. <laughs> but, you know... I, I made like that post recently about dancing how Dancing with the devil. <laughs> I love uh, Facebook memories for that reason because I get to relive the arguments <laughs> sure. I've won. Yeah. Which probably most people would be like, I don't think you won that one if you're, yeah. really, if you're being honest you with yourself. You never really win an argument, I don't think. Not on the that's internet. The thing. That's like an old, someone once said, uh, no one wins a war. I feel like you never won an argument yeah, on the internet because you still argument. wasted your time. Yeah. I got into arguing. a Jordan-LeBron debate. See, you and I could still be friends. And I know we're on opposite sides know, of that debate. I know, we are. We, you know, I, I, could, also, I could like Barstool, you cannot. See, that's what Brody has taught me where exactly. it's like, you, let's focus on what really matters. Yeah. Uh, I got into that debate and I remember leaving. God, I feel like I'm repeating myself from the last podcast. Whatever. I, got on, I, I left to do something and I came back and someone was like, yeah, I shut you up with that last one, didn't you? And I'm like, no, I had no, somewhere I to have, go. I, have a life. I didn't see your comment. Um, anyway, Oof. but here, yeah. I'll say this though to make you happy. I think LeBron James is a, obviously a way better human being than Wait, Michael Jordan. Yeah, I mean, there's that's really, not the argument. There's yeah. kind of no argument there. You know, no, definitely way better. And then the basketball part. I, I mean, I'm kind of happy to be. I'm, he's my dude, so that's why I'm like, he's the greatest. But I am also happy to be like, they're both the greatest. I don't know. Like, there's. Obviously, it's so tough with different more, eras. Um, but Michael Jordan doesn't play basketball anymore. He doesn't. <laughs> so people need to stop the argument. Though. I feel like I wish because I love watching LeBron James play. They're both amazing athletes. I'm sick and tired of. I mean, what's wild? We don't do it in baseball. But I do it though because whenever I see someone go, now this makes him the greatest. I go, no, the argument's over. I'm sorry. When he lost to Dallas with Miami, that's when it ended. Cleveland, I was rooting for you when they. I actually rooted oh, for Cleveland yeah, when. He went back because I really wanted. I, I like that redemption hey, we got story. One. We got one. Baseball, you're right. They don't do it. Bill James wrote a great. People. Two many, different positions too. It's hard to compare. Yeah. It was a pitcher versus the pitcher value versus like a hitter value. Mm-hmm. This is interesting though. Uh, we're we're gonna get into some baseball talk now, everybody. Which great. Is always good for, My favorite at a bar. Show. And um, Bill James, uh, famous for like you know launching like the sabermetrics revolution. A lot of money ball stuff is based off of his principles. He wrote an article about. Because some pitcher, I can't remember which pitcher now, he said that, uh, I think it was um, just signed with the Yankees reliever, was with Colorado. Adovino. Adovino, thank you. Mm-hmm. That uh, he would strike out Babe Ruth every time he faced him or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I saw that going around. And then later he kind of went yeah, back probably. on it a little bit. Well, that's a good <laughs> argument, though, because, well, are we taking Babe Ruth right now that grew up in, was born in 1895? Yeah. Are we going to say Babe Ruth, who was born in modern, would be the same age? What would it be like? So this Bill James made a really great point when it, his whole point was talking about eras and comparing them, and how much better is one era versus the other? Because it was interesting. 
Ty Cobb was the best hitter in baseball in 1907. Mm -hmm. He also had the highest batting average in 1927. That's 20 years apart. Right. Ted Williams led the league in hitting in 1947, mm -hmm. had a better batting average in 1960. Mm -hmm. So sometimes these eras overlap. And I like to look at the people who faced both. It's like Walter Johnson was known to throw in the mid-90s. Mm -hmm. Babe Ruth batted 287 off him with seven home runs. Mickey Mantle, or not, was it DiMaggio or Mantle, who was in the next? I can't remember which players I used. Maybe Willie Mays mm -hmm. batted worse <laughs> against the same guy sure. at different parts of his career. Yeah. I did it with basketball. Amari Stoudemire, when he was with Phoenix, guarded Michael Jordan when Jordan was on the Wizards. Jordan torched him for 40 mm -hmm. points and hit a game winner in his face. That same Amari Stoudemire shut down LeBron in the finals against Dallas in 2011. So that's yeah. where I look for with the argument. So if you're a sportsman out there, don't just say, oh, because people get, of course people get faster and stronger, mm -hmm. all that. But even Tony Gwynn, one of the greatest hitters of all time, he had a higher batting average in 1998 than he did in 1981. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. Where, it's, it's a good, it's a fun debate because people but it just. it is literally just a debate. That's what it is. There's no you way to an solve answer. it. Yeah. So when I talk about the greats, I like to think whatever era you were, I like to see how dominant you were in your era to really determine how great right. you were, which is why I would have to say Babe Ruth's the greatest baseball player ever. Obviously, there's a lot of factors there, um, much smaller than there was no baseball west of the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. um, it was all white. Yep. Uh, what other stuff was it? Less teams, so mm -hmm. maybe less talent gets in. Sure. Who knows? Yep. Um, some people could say more teams makes it diluted, so there's that argument yeah. too. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, just, it's just interesting to see. And now modern baseball is becoming, they're all about launch angle now, and some people are very much against it because it's less contact, which I could get. I've sometimes I've watched games where I'm like, yeah. there's been 15 strikeouts from both pitchers. This it's is the only a, way to beat beat the shift. It's a little boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the launch angles. So I just don't think that it is, though. You know, I just really don't think that it is. Well, because we we've, we've seen people beat the because shift, you, but it yeah, is tougher. It, yeah, you can you can beat the shift. I just think like it's it's more holistic than that, and I can point to exactly why that is. Look at the Dodgers in the World fucking Series. Like, it isn't just one thing. It isn't just one thing. It's never and, one like, thing. And, you, like, you have all this, like, data in your brain, which is what I, I love talking to you about sports, because, like, you, you just listed all these people, all these numbers, all these things. It's fucking great. I love it. My approach is slightly different, and we would make a great GM pair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't just do one thing. And that's no, when yeah. I watch Dave Roberts in the World Series, and I, I honestly think that... If he was allowed to manage the way he wants to manage, I think he would be a much more effective manager. You think so, Andrew Freeman has too much influence? I absolutely. I, he's I think definitely the front a stat office nerd. has kept it. Yes, and and, and I, because I I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, and I don't want to be that I hate the man the manager lost. The, I don't want to be that person because it sucks. But I do think oh, he made all the wrong choices consistently in the last World Series. Houston, not so much. Boston, all the wrong choices. But I just don't think you can look, and this goes to that debate, like you just can't look at a book while a game is happening. You can't look at an iPad while a game is happening because you then you look at the quote from Joe Kelly, like we were scared, we were on our heels with Rich pitching, and then they took him out. We we're like, oh, we got this. Those are the things you have to pay attention to. That's why you got to have a bench coach that has their eyes on the horizon going, what's going on in this thing? That's what I love about baseball. That's true. Or sports in general. It's like, what's happening around? Like, what is this person doing? Like, is somebody throwing their helmet? Like, we've got that person. We don't have to worry about them anymore. So who do we need to worry about now in the lineup? Oh, who's batting before them? Who's, who's hitting? Who's not hitting? We've got their number already. You already know what to do with that guy. Like, so who's beating us? Let's beat that one. 
You know, that's what I worry about. I don't think about the numbers and all that stuff. I look at the what's You'd happening on the field. You'd be a kick-ass general. I feel yeah, like that's man, very I good. Be. You'd be, you'd be, you ever played like the war video games? No, not I feel really. Like you'd be, I'd feel like you'd kick ass at some of those because <laughs> it's very strategic to be like, what the hell is that guy over there doing and all that stuff. You mentioning Kelly and like the pitching. I, I talked about this with my dad there because um, he's, he can't, you know, he's so he's old school um, and with pitching, especially mm-hmm. with baseball, you know, um, other stuff. It's weird. He, he has new school and some other stuff, but. Still with pitching, it bothers him because he grew up with Koufax yeah. and Drysdale right. and Juan Marichal and Bob Gibson, guys who threw 30 complete games sure. a year. And he mentioned, I think it was during, when you mentioned Kelly, I think I know it was a like game four, game three maybe even, where he was saying there's nothing more a team likes than when you take out a guy they can't get a hit against. Exactly. So a lot of these managers will say, all right, it's the seventh inning now. He's tiring a little bit. Mm-hmm. We should take him out now. Where the other team is thinking, good, we can't hit him. Yeah. So even though you're bringing in a fresh arm, we are now mentally rejuvenated with oh, the yeah. fact that we are not seeing it's that gone. guy anymore. Even Absolutely. if he is not as sharp as he was in the second inning. Absolutely. And that is so Rich said to Dave, he goes, Keep an eye on me and take me out if I look tired. And that's what Dave was focusing on. Yeah. You know, instead of the fucking scoreboard. The fact <laughs> you know? that that and big curveball. I went to that NLCS game that Kershaw pitched a, a, a good game and he pitched into the seventh or the eighth. And I was like, this is a game. This is how you, this is how you manage a championship game, you know, and it's the, it's the national league championship series. So I'm not, I'm not misspeaking yeah. when I say championship, <laughs> but like, I, as far as I am concerned, once you pass the division series, every single game is must win. Every single game. You have to play the division series a little conservative. If you were in the wild card game, which is when Madden took Lester out, I was like, they're done. They're done. They are done. Yeah, you know, that was like rough. that was a bad choice. Well, I mean, when thirteen innings, that was such a crazy game. I know it was a crazy. There were so many crazy games through the whole thing. But what I mean, but yeah, Colorado you did get score. to the NLDS. He did. They did. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> they, did. They, they won. They scored. We so, got like, lucky. Game seven against I, you guys with I, um, yeah the twenty sixteen World Series. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, you. oh, man, I can't believe you admitted it. <laughs> it feels nice. Oh, in Game 7? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, because yeah. Madden well, made was, a lot of terrible choices. You did. I mean, you guys got... We I, won in spite of him you, in a way. Yeah, you did. And you guys got lucky generally, not fully. You guys had a great 100-plus uh, win season, so I'm not debating the talent. that you. But uh, we had a depleted uh, pitching rotation. Yeah, I mean, Kluber if, went Game 1 Four and seven, so yeah. we, you only did a three-man rotation yeah, because if, what Salazar if we was had, out. If we had Bauer that Carrasco. year, it would be a Cleveland World Series win for sure. No, I think he, I thought you had Bauer. No, he cut his finger on the freaking drone. But he came. Then he come back no. in. No, he came back in in Toronto, and then he was bleeding profusely from his ring or his ring. Finger, I remember the drone and thing. Bauer is a out. character, huh? He's the worst. We don't um, need to even talk about that dude. But anyway, my whole point <laughs> is, you you have to play every it's game. A heel. Once he is a heel, he knows it, uh, and he plays it very, very well. I, I love a lot of what he has to say about baseball because he was on MLB Network like defending Puig and stuff, and I was like, God damn it, when you say stuff, I agree with. But that other shit he does on Twitter and, and just his general maggotness, I don't really like. Um, but And how much money he's into like gambling and stuff, I'm like, I, I, I don't like that stuff. But anyway, the, the whole, like yeah, all the pitching stuff, I, I agree with that because I'm on the fence a little bit. Because I think, you know, Fernando would have had a much longer career if he would have been, you know, his pitch count would have been watched and stuff. And, and I, I'm all about keeping these guys healthy because this is a, 
nobody knows how much pain these guys are in when they retire. Like Tito Fr Francona has to get his knees drained like every week. You know, like he can't really stand. You know, he every every post game interview, he's on that chair. Yeah, and like these guys really put their bodies on the line for this, and so when people, just a grind of a season. Yeah, and like yes, they know they're lucky to be playing this game. That's why they play their asses off, and they put themselves through so much pain to do it because they know how lucky they are. So that's why I think they should be compensated, and that's why I respect everything that they're doing. But I also think there's something to be said about like winning a goddamn game. Have a starter that goes to the eighth, and then bring in a closer. Yeah, simplify Occasionally, it. Occasionally, especially in the postseason. It's tough, though. I mean, because there's so many specialty. There's so many more. They figured it out over the last... Like, every great reliever is a failed starter, essentially. Yeah, right. So many of them are. Don't the cats or catcher. eat something? <laughs> a lot of them, yeah, they <laughs> the convert in a weird Kenley. way. Yeah, Kenley Jansen was a catcher. That's, That's a weird. huge dude to be a catcher, too. I mean, I know catchers need to be big to take up the space, but he is he's tall. Big, big. He's like 6'7", I first feel like. He's tall. huge. You don't want to eat that cat. It'll <laughs> electrocute you. Um, this cute little cat here. We're at, uh, shout out to Stephanie House. We're at her apartment yeah. right now in Chicago. She's got a cool scooter, Jeanette uh, bobblehead. I'm a big fan of that dude. I think his politics and mine probably don't align, but I, he's, he's a great hitter. I don't know anything about his politics. I didn't know he was political, but he's, yeah, he's I, um, he's like pretty Christian. Is he in, in uh, the in the sort of like right right wingy kind of Christian way? But um, hey, if you're if you're in a fantasy league. Consider Scooter Jeanette at second base. Yeah, that he's guy good. Will get some hits. He's, he's not with Milwaukee anymore, though. No, right? he's, he's with Cincinnati. The Reds. That's right. Cincinnati's yes. going to be fun oh, to I watch this year. It's weird to see him there. I, the Dodgers to me got worse in the offseason. They did. I, I thought the whole point of they trading Puig was to get Harper. It's so stupid. And they didn't get Harper. I'm and so Puig's mad. Really I'm, good. Puig's a good hitter and I know, a good he's right a fielder. Great hitter. And he's good a great. Arm. He's a great character to have on your team. He's a fun guy. He was. He was a homegrown talent. That's why I love about Latin American baseball. I bought uh yeah exactly I bought a Puig uh jersey when he got traded and like I don't know I'm just like not I'm I'm a, I'm a person without a team these days. I'll still I know go to I saw games I saw your post. Well, you got to go to Dodger games. You live right there. Yeah, so. I mean I'm just like kind of I feel good park. about it for the first time though. I I love the Rays. I am excited that Cleveland got Jake Bowers because it's nice to have somebody come into the team and be excited to play there. Because it seems like to him it's an upgrade, and it is. Yeah. You know? um, and and I just that dude's a stud, and I don't like to say that phrase that much. So you don't like the phrase stud? Yeah, it just it creeps me out. All right, that's fair enough. <laughs> it's a very oft used. I'm not saying stop using it. I'm just like, it's so it's just fun. It, it's also fun to listen to a bunch of like presumably straight men be like that dude's a stud. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Pretty great. So I feel like it's maybe not my part. I'm trying to but, think if I've ever heard you have a. Do you have a side of yourself like where? I mean, I don't know if you'd admit on a podcast where you're like, oh, that's a weird thing I do that I wouldn't want. Like, here's something. I always do stuff that annoys oh, I mean, my wife. there's so many weird things that I'm, I do. I'm that. sure. Well, I'll give you an example of one. <laughs> sure. I'll give you an example, and I hope you don't judge me too hard with I won't it. judge you too hard. Um, you're I my get, friend. I know. I get, silly, I get silly in a weird way sometimes. So we're watching. My son really likes the Beauty and the Beast, the live action one mm -hmm. with uh, Emma Watson and other people. Luke Evans, I believe, plays Gaston. Yeah. And uh, Josh Gad. I forget the guy's name who it's plays. It's the guy from... It's, it's, uh, from from uh who plays the beast? Downton Abbey. That's good. Matthew, cousin yeah, Matthew. He looks French. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, so the scene where the beast shows Belle the library and she walks into the library for uh -huh. the first time. <laughs> I don't know why I said this. I go, I bet Belle got wet as hell when she walked into that <laughs> library because she's a bookworm. And I just sure. thought it was funny. And then my wife yeah. looked at me and she's like, "Can you not? Can you not do that? This is like." A kids a movie, children's movie. And, and you're talking about Belle getting wet. I'm like, yeah. she loves books. Look she at the way she books. looked. If you think of that scene, everyone, when Emma Watson sees that library, I, I think she got a little turned on, and yeah, I don't think I'm wrong. Did. But I also agree with my wife in the sense that it's like, all right, dude, come on, yeah. don't do that. 
I don't, don't know that I've ever described Emma Watson as getting wet when she looks at books, but I'm, I'm sure there's something. <laughs> this guy, I don't know. Maybe she's very well read, actually, in yeah. real life, not just the character of Belle. Um, because of that, I started Wikipediaing everything. When I when you get into things, do you Wikipedia them? I I know Wikipedia's I got do, some BS sources here or there. I, yeah, I always, which I found out during the Chicago election. Yeah, I do like to look things up, but I also am in a period right now where I like to just sit and think on them without inputting the information first. And like honestly, writing on things, <laughs> and like sitting down and like writing and thinking about them. Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, I I've been like reading books about stuff as opposed to Wikipedia-ing stuff. Okay, see, I'm just so I'm so impulsive that I won't. I know I have to find out right I away. Cut, I stopped it for a minute. That instead of like looking it up, I just have the conversation. That's cool. You know, but what I mean? mean, I was thinking about like the, a couple days ago. And I was no by judgment. myself. Well, yeah, I didn't yeah, think, if you're you by know. If I'm by myself, yeah, then, then you yeah, got it right. You know, I was, uh, well, with my wife, I was looking at Beauty and the Beast because I was trying to think Luke Evans, who plays Gaston, who I think has got a really cool voice in that mm-hmm. and, um, movie. I was like, what else has he been in? I think I've seen him in something. I'm like, oh, he's Welsh. Cool. And then I remember thinking to myself, man, Wales is a small part of the UK. Very it has small. its own culture. They yep. speak a form of like Gaelic. They're kind of mm-hmm. connected to like Celtic if you go way back into history. And uh, there are a ton of famous Welsh people, though, for such a small... Christian Bale, Catherine Zeta-Jones, yeah, Tom right. Jones. Uh-huh. Jones is a Welsh name, clearly. Yeah. Luke Evans. Um, there's probably like seven or other people I can't think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But I remember going, man, that's a lot. And he's gay. He's a gay actor, which is cool, because I didn't know that. Because huh. Gaston is such a big right. heterosexual dude. I didn't but know it, Luke yeah, Evans was gay. Yeah, he's gay. And uh, I was dating a wow. Spanish model for a while there. Hmm. Which my buddy, Mateo Lane, who was on one of the first podcasts we did... Um, also was dating a Spanish model. I think he's still dating a Spanish model. I hope I didn't put it out there that he's not anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah. And then I uh, a couple days before that, I saw like a thing. Someone had like 90s trivia night advertised or mm-hmm. whatever. And it had a picture of like 90s TV shows. And Golden Girls was in the TV show. I'm like, I don't think Golden Girls was a 90s TV show. And then yeah. I thought, I'm like, maybe it ended in the 90s. But I, don't, I would consider it an 80s TV show. Yeah. It did end in the early 90s. But the bulk of the it wrong was started, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while I was looking that up, I found out the creator... Sam Harris. You knew that. <laughs> yeah. you knew, I didn't know that. I, I thought that was interesting. I recently found that out, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I had no idea. I thought it was strange. <laughs> yeah, it was just a little, well, you know. <laughs> like, well, I didn't know he came from a, his mother. He, she created like eight shows. Empty Nest she created. I and was a big Empty Nest fan. Nurses, and there was a few others. She, I, used, I used to watch that whole Saturday Night Block. Yeah. Nurses, Empty Nest, and Golden Girls. Yeah, that's wild to me. I don't... I've, I've no. Are you like into that guy's stuff? I don't know. I was when he first came onto the scene, mm-hmm. like ten years ago or so. Because sure. um, like I don't have HBO anymore. I haven't watched a show on HBO in forever. Yeah. I had someone's HBO Go password for a while, and then their parents got rid of HBO. <laughs> and it's yeah. a comedian friend of mine who is doing very well for herself now. I jokingly text her, going, "Why don't you buy your parents HBO so I can get this password back up yeah, and running?" Because right. um, they canceled it. Like so, I, I mean, but I was saying. Um, Sam Harris used to go on Bill Maher pretty regularly, right. like so back in 2000. Is. is he still on already? Yeah. So I used to watch Bill Maher all the time in, I don't know, 2009 to 12-ish mm-hmm. or whatever. But since I don't have HBO anymore, I don't know what's going on with any now, of that. Can I ask you a I know people get mad at him a lot. that thing, did you watch it because uh, you like agreed with it? Or did you watch it because it was political and it had a lot of people on it? Probably a combination of both. You know, Bill Maher, I don't think is very funny. He's very smug. Yeah. Um, but I do. I like that new rule segment was always very well written. 
Um, mm-hmm. The interviews would get kind of interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, obviously. I just tend to find like, I just, I don't agree with that dude. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I um, try to I tell people, really I think the much. show, no, don't get me wrong. There was some stuff where I'm like, hmm. It just you isn't know, but, progressive to me. You know, it's like not progressive. He's a libertarian. He's not a liberal. And there's a difference. He? Yeah, I know. I always he's not thought. a liberal, and he's also not a progressive. If you want to make those two distinctions, and I think between the two of us, we tend to do that. That like he's just not that. He's a libertarian, and I I agree with some libertarian stuff. That's not to say I don't, but I just think the the approach is not something I don't agree with it. Well, the libertarian approach to me, I mean, on paper you read it and you're thinking, okay, okay, <laughs> okay yeah, right. You're thinking, yeah, that would be great sure but in what reality but would that be possible it, yeah, there's no works, proof of it ever that working works on your your property yeah that's that's what yeah i had a friend be like oh well i'm a libertarian so i i think you should be and i'm like yeah you think that but that and which is great but i've never that's, heard of a libertarian that's government that's human. but yeah. like yeah we don't have how how are you gonna help me and my 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 people for lack of a better term um not be discriminated against yeah. everywhere like that's just not how this works yeah it's kind of like um I don't know what the word is, but they, it's this, it's, they live in a land of make believe in a yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, in an ideal world, because even in their tax system, they'd be like, no one pays taxes. Right. That and would go, be well, awesome. How, what happens when someone's house burns down? Right. Well, then, you know, well, who are the firemen? Because taxes pay for firemen yes. and street lights and things like that. Well, for things like that, you would almost have like a collection plate going around. I'm like, that sounds well, like taxes. Which is what taxes is. It's accepts ex- <laughs> ex- absolutely me, that what it like is. Taxes. Because I said, what what happens with the guy who lives in you know at fifty two hundred this block, right? And he doesn't want to pay, and his house is on fire. Well, then you'd let it burn. Well, you would never do that though. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. Stuff like that. I'm like. And then I've got some libertarian friends who are like, well, for those things, you'd have small taxes. You just want really small, less and less sure. government. I know. It's all small government and stuff like that. And it's it's like, all, well, but small government for the shit they want. For, yeah. That's for what, what right? they want. For what's Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. all, yeah, whatever. We, I mean, we can, No, because there hasn't been Republican or Democrat. Well, really, the government's actually shrunk under Democrats because they use that to compromise. Yeah, The government shrunk more under Obama than it ever did under Bush or yeah. that it yeah, is currently right now. As far as like government agencies and and spending and deficit, mm-hmm. if you look at it like budgetary, yeah. But it always cracks me up when people just freak out about budget stuff with, with you know yeah, the fiscally the, conservative. When has the budget ever affected me personally? It hasn't, like at all. We have so much. Whatever. Well, we've had no. We can talk about this. It's fine. That's why I like about this podcast. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Go, when you're at a bar, you don't mm-hmm. you go wherever you, where the conversation yeah. takes you. You know, so right. uh, something that's interesting to me. I have a friend who I, I guess for all intents and purposes, he's never identified in anything specifically politically like is kind of libertarian republican and we're friends from childhood and so you know uh, we disagree on a lot but we have conversations and i for me it allows me to uh, hear that perspective from a human that i know that we can actually talk about things and come to understandings of each other on things that i would like to be able to speak to from my perspective and have someone actually listen to me i can't make everybody listen to me but you know, there is, I can't, you can't scream at everybody either. No. And you can't call everybody names. Sometimes that's. I think people vote with their middle finger, you know? Absolutely. They kind of like, fuck oh, I you. Mean, they definitely, definitely did. A, did, lot, did, a yeah. lot of that was revenge, you know? So, um, but the point, where was I going? Oh, he brought up a point of like, do you know how much it costs to pass these laws to like protect your people? And I was like, you know, it's a good point, but 
you're also just pointing at me for spending money when we're spending this much money on defense, which is really just money laundering at this point. Oh, totally. Like we're not, none of it is actually like, tell me what we're actually defending here. We're just paying contracts to all these people are all friends with each other. We're just like filtering money through. So that's what has to stop. So don't blame it's the me military for, industrial complex. Yeah, don't blame me for a twenty thousand dollar house bill that's going to protect uh, trans kids in North Dakota when we're spending a trillion dollars to just like pay Lockheed Martin to keep the lights on. Like yeah. I don't no, no, this is not the conversation that we're going to have. No, people don't see that, and our, our media does a bad job. They do a um, terrible job because they're also being paid by the same people. They are. And when you say our media, we're not necessarily we're not talking about journalists. <laughs> we're talking about a media complex that has been constructed over the course of a lot of time. And I think that journalists, human beings that actually do the investigative work are of value and need to be protected. Does CNN need to be protected? No, 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 no. That's funny thing too, because, because of Trump always saying CNN sucks, he's made it so that a lot of people think CNN are like a liberal network. I'm like, they're, they're not, not at, at all. all. They're not at all. They've exactly. not, I've hated CNN since I started watching them in 2003 MSNBC with Crossfire. Was terrible. No, they're not. None they're all corporate. They're just it's corporatists. All, exactly. You know? Exactly. It's with the, with the tax things, with especially the military industrial complex. The best example. I was talking about this with a friend. Eisenhower his his farewell address warned against the military industrial uh-huh. complex. It's a great speech. And no one listened to it. No. And it's funny to me because Republicans are always about yesteryear. Mm-hmm. They never talk about Eisenhower when they talk about the greats. Oh, no. They're, they're, and Reagan's they always have their the guy. The marginal tax rate? Yeah, they, it's, they never talk about, yeah, because Eisenhower, the tax rate was 90% or 91% yep. or yep. something insane. Yep. And he also did government spending in a great way. Because yeah. people always say government doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, the interstate highway system's pretty damn good. Yeah. It that is. was government spending that but worked out pretty al- good. Yeah, it was government spending that also, I mean, look. Yes, the the inter, interstate highway system is pretty damn good, but it also created our dependence on uh, automobiles and upped our petroleum dependence. Sure, yeah. You know? So, like, I agree with you, but also that was because AAA and GM were the biggest, like, funders of that. They also yeah. ripped out the public transportation system in Los Angeles so that Los well, Angeles LA, becomes dependent on motor vehicles. They wanted LA specifically because they wanted celebrities driving cars. Yes. And they thought it'd be cool. It's just, yeah, look they, what this they guy drives. they selling enough oil. Cars are very good marketing ploys for oil. That's fucking all they are. It's crazy. Uh, luckily, I think we're going off of that soon enough. I mean, yeah, I hope so. It's just, it's tough when you like, you know, you have something like the Green New Deal that's like trying to, um, you know, push for it, it, in places with population density, like put money into public transportation and away from cars. And then these re- like right wing people spin it as they're taking your cars away. And it's like, they're not taking somebody's car away in, um, wherever in, in Springfield township, Ohio, we're talking about Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, you know, we're talking about dense places where you don't need a car. I would love, I, Chicago to me has got a pretty great transportation system, but there's still parts of the city that are desperately in need of a little oh, bit absolutely. more. Um, not just bad neighborhoods, there's some solid neighborhoods where I, there, the, the blue line I could hear from my front door, but I have uh-huh. to walk a mile to get on it. <laughs> right. And they could easily put a stop two blocks yeah. from me. And I'm yeah. being selfish because I definitely want it for a lot of different reasons. But I, there's, there's track like in the orange line going toward the southwest side toward Midway. Mm-hmm. There's miles apart where there could be stops. Yes. Where the red line stops every four or five blocks, it yep. feels like. Yeah. And, and those neighbors, and whenever you do that, transportation spending, not just transportation spending, infrastructure spending is the best 
economic plan ever. Yeah. Whenever we've done that, any kind of spending in this country toward the infrastructure, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a boom around there. Yep. Because, okay, say you have a new exit on the highway. Well, you can need a restaurant there. So yep. Yeah, you got to build everything up. You got to build everything up. Or, you know, new, just whatever. Oh, these workers are going to be here for six months fixing the sewer line. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's you go stand over there and sell some, some hot dogs and, ta- and tacos yeah, exactly. or whatever. That'd be weird if someone sold hot dogs and tacos. Like, that was their business, half and half. Yeah. I mean, because they're kind of the same thing. You're vegetarian, right? Yeah. Are you vegan or just vegetarian? Just vegetarian. So do you eat cheese? Yes. That's yeah. my biggest problem. Yeah. Cheese. cheese I can do without milk. I can do without eggs. I can do without all the stuff. It's just cheese. And I was ve- I've was i been vegetarian the whole time, and I was vegan for like three years. And it w- honestly, the thing that got me out of it was the people, not the veganism. Oh, really? That's like a <laughs> yeah, bad but religion. But that's like everything. It's like, that's not my problem. My problem isn't with veganism. My problem is with vegans. Like, I just shut up. You know, like that. it became the whole thing, and like... It became my whole life, and I was like, I don't want my my life to be about the things I eat. Yeah, only you know. I used to stick up for him a little bit though. I was also in my twenties, so like, and I do too. It's like not everybody is an asshole. Well, yeah, but but I was the ones I was around were. What made me? Yeah, I got you. That's a big distinction, sure. (laughs) I always try to stick up for him because I'm like, well, they just gave up all the best foods. Of course, they're going to not stop talk about it. Of course, imagine giving up. you know. You gave up all those great foods. You're going to mention it in conversation. Yeah. Every time I get, I give a pop for a week and I want to shut up about oh, it. Oh, yeah, you, know? you feel amazing. Yeah, you definitely do. I, I went vegan for like three months and that's going to shock a lot of people who listen. But I def, I felt like a hypocrite. Well, it's two things. I love animals, but then I felt like a hypocrite because I'm like, oh, I want a big burger, you know? Sure, yeah. And then, um, and I had a friend who went vegan and I hadn't seen him in a while. And then I saw him and he looked awesome. And I mm-hmm. go, dude, what was your secret? He's like, I went vegan. I go, really? And he said, yeah, man, I uh, I read this book uh, by that Furman guy, I think his name is. I think it's Live to Eat was the name of the book or something, mm-hmm. whatever. And he goes, dude, I have not felt better in my life. Yeah. I go, you, you eventually start craving these vegetables and everything like that. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, like the Dodger Clubhouse is pretty much vegan because of Chase Utley. There are a lot of UFC guys who are ripped well, out of their mind who are vegan. Yeah, it's really bad for your joints and like um, you get injured less if you're yeah. not eating dairy. There's probably a healthy balance to it, but I don't know. I think there's always a healthy I balance think we, to human it. Human beings are always evolving and everything like that. I feel like there was a time in which it made if you're traveling across winter yeah. and you needed to, you needed to gut a buffalo. Of course, I get it. How much manual labor are people doing anymore? Not you know? much. Which I also think that we're moving towards more manual labor again. Like you talked about infrastructure. There, I keep meeting people that are my age or younger that are like le- learning these skills because like on the internet they're always like oh adulting is hard and millennials don't know how to do this and that's very true like I, I heard an anecdote that like um, there aren't as many effective surgeons that are going into the field because kids aren't aren't growing up doing these like they're not um, playing operation yeah, well, Damn, yeah game. no they're not playing operation but they're not they aren't learning these things and that's not on them you know that's the thing is it's not on the individual to have taught themselves something it's we stopped teaching it because we started you know we outsourced jobs and yep. created fields that you didn't have to learn those things but i'm noticing that people are wanting to learn these things and i feel like manual labor will be coming back i mean at, at some point this all has to burst like it can't continue where the only thing that our gdp is is intellectual property like no, at a yeah. certain point that goes I'm li- I've been listening to this podcast called The Dream and the whole season is about like mid-level marketing. You should listen to this if you haven't listened to this because I would I like mean, to I'm fascinated by a lot of that stuff. Highly political near the end and Joe it's making me even further left than I was already, but like it's nuts how how 
essentially the country is a mid-level marketing scheme now. It's really That's what we are. I um But there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Yeah, and like what is anybody where was I? selling I was in it Brooklyn. Anymore. I was in Brooklyn looking out over the river between Brooklyn and Manhattan mm-hmm. with um I know it was years ago and my friend said all these apartment buildings are like $5,000 a month, all this kind of yeah. stuff. There's all this wealth here. And he goes, but they don't, no one's, they don't make anything. Nobody's no making, one the, makes nothing anything. Tangible. There's nothing Exactly. There's nothing. That's why I think vinyl made such a big comeback the last Hell six yeah. or seven years. Because that's it's like, it's nice to hold something again. People yeah. want to be able to hold things. And I know there are some things where I'm like, all right, yeah, the, the process of tearing down trees to print down books, that's fine. I'm not ready to switch to Kindle. I like holding a book. Yeah. You know, so I, I guess, I don't know. There's, there's a... Well, hemp paper is where they need to start going towards. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's a middle piece there that, that we're missing. It's like, well, I don't want you... Then you tear down trees. And it's like, yes, but we've figured out other ways to do it. Like, what what we should be doing is looking into sustainability. But that capitalism... Supply side inventions. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't... Um, it doesn't live on sustainability. It actually lives on burnability. You know, like getting it. Like how fast can we go move through this it's thing and get on to the next though, thing? With uh, I want to check that out a lot. The uh, Sean Flannery, who I know you know, he mm-hmm. uh, he had a post years ago, and I and that's just why I like this Andrew Yang guy a lot. And if you know him, mm-hmm. he's pr- he was promoting a UBI, uh, that's Universal Basic Income, everyone. Where basically, Flannery made this post years ago, but it always stuck with me. Kodak Film at its height. Mm-hmm. Worth worth like one point five billion. Yep. And then at the time they were worth one point five billion, they had one hundred forty thousand employees. Mm-hmm. Now I might be a little bit off on the numbers. Anyone who's going to Google and give me shit later, but they they employed at least over hundred thousand people. Instagram that same year he made the post it was like twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen had just sold for one point five billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Now they're different things, but still in the world of picture mm-hmm. sharing, Not really. and film, right? You know the modern version of Kodak. It's the evolution of the same thing. Yes. There yeah. you go. When Instagram sold for $1.5 billion, they had 48 employees. 48 versus yeah. 140,000. Right. So, and then, so Flannery's joke was, you know, in a way, capitalism is going to be so efficient, you're going to need socialism because where are the, where's the new industry? Where's Absolutely. the new jobs? Where's the new, everything is becoming, you know, these, and that's the point where Andrew Yang talks about like how there's already, within 10 years, we're going to have trucks that are driving themselves. Right. So truckers are going to be out of business. So all mm-hmm. these blue collar jobs that people still held on to, even though oh, most yeah. of them have been gone for a while. Yes. So when people go, why can't things be like they were back then? Well, because one guy can't have four, or one woman can't have $40,000 a year, or they, yeah. sorry, have a $40,000 a year job and support their family with two kids and a dog and a cat, or, yeah. you know, that old classic well, we, um, suburban lifestyle that people liked in no, the 50s. Yeah, like we, we've hammered this, like, and I've thought about this for years, like you hammer jobs, 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 but we never talk about what those jobs are. Yeah. Because like, yeah, we can we can create jobs. Like Obama created all these jobs. What are those jobs? Yeah. What I don't know they? what they I don't are. I know what they are. Yeah. And I mean what are you the, the gig economy. All right. Well, that's not sustainable either. Not at all. And no. also you're talking about these jobs. It's kind of a hilarious economy when you think of it. Yeah, I mean it's a ridiculous economy. It's ridiculously but it makes me laugh in the sense that they took cabs, designed them an app and said drive your own car. Yeah. Like Uber is a car company that it doesn't also, own cars. Do you know how many, well, they're going to pretty soon, but, yeah. and you know, like you can, you can like rent to own your car through those companies. Oh, so they're like leasing stuff out now? Yes. It's almost like a weird indentured servitude in a way. It's going to happen there. Yeah. It was capitalism coming after us. Yeah. But do you know how many cars Lyft and Uber put back on the road? Like all that work that was done to like reduce cars and like have elect, you know, all this stuff. And then, Lyft and Uber, like, oh, drive your car around. How many people I've met in Lyfts? Because I I actually like the service for, because it's gotten me 
out and meeting other people, you know, and because I, I talk to the people driving me in lifts and I've learned a lot about it's like a political tool for me because it's not just like me getting material. It's me actually like learning about the walk of life that ends up driving a lift, you know? And yeah, like I, I, I stopped talking to them. I should more. I'm polite and everything like well, that. But I, I, kind of bury my I, I do my it in different in different cities is the thing. So I'm not like I don't use it super regularly. So it still has that like you know, edge of like something new every time yeah. I do it. It's not as utilitarian when I use it is the word I'm looking for. But um, I think about that all the time. Like how many cars are on the road simply to be Lyft drivers? That That's would what someone was predicting that there. one day nobody would really, well, the drivers would own the cars, but everybody would just take those. And that would be mm-hmm. just this weird, I don't know. And something else that I think about a lot with Lyft and Uber, because they use that term ride share. Yeah. That was such an effective marketing tool to make people... Um, especially people who like, I don't know, maybe like a generation younger than us. It it was like this way of making people believe it was public transportation, whether, and if you ask them that they would probably say no, subliminally, maybe subliminally somewhere in there, they were thinking they were doing, because I don't own a car. I'm not participating in this thing that's ruining the environment, but I am paying somebody to drive their car. Ah, see, yeah, the ride. You're right. And There's something about share. that. That's a good call. And they were going to be driving to where I was going anyway, well, and they're not. No, and they're not. No, they weren't. They're not, and they never were. If you use a line, sure, but the line is going where it was going to go because all these people need to go there. Not because yeah, this the person is in, in between groceries. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> they, that's a, they advertise it. That I used to hear radio did. commercials where it's like, "Hey, while you're waiting for, you hey, know. pick a rando up on your way to the gym." Like, no, that's not that's not how this works. <laughs> Who would live like that? People are doing this as a, their full time job. Hey, honey, I'm on my way to the gym. I'm gonna see if I could get some strangers to smell up, up our car. Strangers. That is weird. Yeah. But the you know what though? That's good marketing though. So it's evil marketing in a way too. I really hate the way like Democrats. They're so bad. At selling good ideas, there are good oh, ideas that they're bad at. at where you I'm see in the other to side think that they are doing it on purpose. There is a weird way that they're to like that. being paid to be the heels for a lot of the shit. See now you're or going they, deep state on me right now. I don't even know. I, I know I've got a tin, <laughs> tin hat most of the time, but I don't know. I mean, who who well, knows? But a lot of them, they just have been at this job too long, and they're not relevant anymore. That's true. That's true. I mean, I look. I I can respect Diane, Diane Feinstein for doing the job and all that shit, and disagree with a lot of stuff. I mean, she found Harvey Milk's body. You know, so yeah. like I can respect whatever you've you've been in the trenches or whatever but clearly your time is done yeah term limit for term limits oh a hundred percent yeah there should be but as but they have to be regulated because anything you implement like that then gets turned against the wrong people you know what i mean then it gets the people out that you want in there well i remember not being for term limits for a while because of a west wing episode where they said when elections are held fairly that is your term limit if you're doing good they'll keep you if you're doing bad you're not but there's corruption everything corruption ruins it all, also, a, people you, just when you vote, not to cut you off there. No, it's okay. When you, I, I think what happened in the last election cycle, and what has happened probably in every election cycle, but do I you, noticed it more. Let me ask you this: Do you mean 2018 or do you mean 2016? I mean 2016. I meant the last okay. presidential one because, Great. unfortunately, there's there should be more attention to midterms. Of but course, just that's not, why I corrected you because I you wanted did. to bring it up because my friend also yelled at me. He was like, "The last election, all you guys cared about was Hillary." This, and I was like. The last election was in 2018, so I don't know what you're talking about. There you, know, you go. There and you I go. was like, it's actually you that were upset about it, not me, but whatever. Anyway, so that's why I wanted to point it out, because you yes. mean the last presidential 
But they always try to have their two things. Here's the establishment. Here's the outsider. Yes. So which which is weird to call Donald Trump an outsider. But I mean, he was. Politically, yes, sure. But the idea yeah. that he is not part of the same machine oh, that yeah. controls all Listen this to stuff. Listen this podcast I'm telling right? you about. Yeah. So, and I noticed, though, with elections, because Chicago just had an election, it's whoever the brand names are, yeah, meaning the right. people who have been around forever, are yes. automatically going to do very well. Yes. Will well, I mean, Daly's those- brother just joined the he joined the race so late and still came in third. It's insane. When every other person I talked to, not every other person, ninety percent of people person, I talked to were yeah. like, "I don't want a daily. I don't want a daily." Yeah. And he still did well. I'm thinking most people just they go to the vote, go, "Oh, I recognize that." I name. recognize that name. So that's right. why I am now for term limits because yeah, it's you know. But but also you, you do have a good point, even though I don't want to let Aaron Sorkin influence my politics or anything. But um, not sure he wrote the episode. <laughs> that's a great point that's a great he did okay the Could've episode he's Wells. a showrunner so everything goes that's to the good showrunner that's a good point um, you can't all, you can't top down legislate you have to ground up so like the gerrymandering is what has to be fixed first you yes. know like because because that's I guess what I was getting at with the like you implement something like that and then it's going to always affect the people you don't want it to first you know so well the maps like, are just drawn in a hilarious way too yeah I mean it's well, it's, it's not hilarious but it's yeah it's it's like it's they're like bad. doodles. It's 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 incredibly it's so bad, and I don't think people really actually understand how bad it is. American and, listeners, look at your congressional map and tell me bad why it is it drawn that way. It's incredibly effective, you know. But so both like, parties have done it. it yeah, it's, and that's why it's not. That's why I fear nothing, no one's going to do anything about it. Luis Gutierrez, who it might have been this. Where, we're, where we are right now in Chicago, I'm not going to say where we are, that'd be weird. Um, yeah. He, the map is hysterical because it goes down, at one point it goes down a, like a, one street uh-huh. for like four miles, then opens up and gets real big again. Yes. Like who would, it almost draw, yeah, it's drawn like a see, dumbbell. If you want to see a really nuts one, look at Jim Jordan's congressional Oh, I've, I think I've seen that picture. That thing is bonkers. It's and weird. I mean, and there was a woman like running against him and, and I didn't fully agree with everything that she said, but I, I was like pushing trying to push her on Twitter a little bit because like, Jesus, does that guy need to get out of there? I almost but, forgot um, what I wanted to do. We're going a little long, but right. I could do it with, because um, you and I are about to podcast on your podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'll just wrap it up. So, do you mean to wrap it up right there? Um, we'll wrap up the political talk a little <laughs> bit. The message to everyone listening, uh, just pay attention. I, I you yeah. know, Obviously, there's a lot of uh, misinformation out there. I would, can I add to that? You I add know to whatever you're, you want. It's your podcast, so I want to let you wrap it up. But something that I've been doing, um, and Paul, I've talked about It would be hilarious, but a, right after you say this, I undo everything you just said. <laughs> yeah, it would be <laughs> Actually, hilarious. Actually, Rhea's an idiot. Don't listen Rhea's to her Rhea's very dumb. Um, <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins was like, uh, reading the whole article and reading the whole video has actually changed my mind zero times, uh, which I think is very funny. But what, what I've done is I have I do not comment on something unless I have read the article. That's because good. the headlines are such misinformation. Totally, they use the headlines clickbait, yeah. to sell you something. It's and it's not even at this point clickbait because most people don't click on anything, and so it really is just like what you scroll by. And the one that's coming to my mind now, this is not somebody. This is somebody that to me has a lot of stuff we have to talk about. So I'm I'm not saying like I'm pro this person, but the New York Times tweeted out a headline immediately saying Kamala Harris accused of lying. Using the word lying immediately in a headline with Kamala Harris. Now, they have not. When have you seen a headline that says Trump accused of lying? Never. Literally no. never. And we know he is lying. Yeah. There are times that we absolutely. That he's lying about things that are almost irrelevant. Yeah. And they have never said that word. Now, again, I'm not saying like, oh, vote for her because of this thing. What I'm saying is you can watch it happen. 
And so what I would say this election cycle is do do the reading. Don't read the headlines and do the reading and pay attention to when this stuff is happening because it is curdling the whole process by like a lot, a lot. It a is. Lot. It is. A no, lot. a lot. You can't say a lot enough. I cannot say a lot enough. And the headlines are insidious. And so, like, yes, it's sometimes it's clickbait. But when I try to read, I'll give an example of a local headline just yes. so people can understand yeah, it. it's even do at it. that level. And I try not to do local references because most of the listeners aren't even in Chicago, which is great. Is that so? My neighborhood that I grew up in is called Portage Park. It's mm-hmm. park in the title. And I remember when I was living in LA, someone shared a link from like the Sun Times that says "Man Shot in Portage Park." So I remember, and then all the comments underneath were like, you can't even go to the park anymore. He wasn't shot in the park. Yeah. The neighborhood's called Portage Park, right? right? And then I actually clicked on it because I wanted to see what streets in the neighborhood. Maybe it's near my parents' house, blah, blah, blah. Uh, or where I grew up, I meant to say. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to tell people where my parents live. Sure, yeah. And uh, I clicked on it. The article said the streets, which I don't even think was technically in the neighborhood. I think it was the next neighborhood over, so that didn't annoy me right away. Then at the last sentence said, police believe gunshot to be self-inflicted. So oh technically, God. technically, a man was shot in Portage Park. Yes. But wow, that headline was the most misleading thing I've ever read. Wow, that's that's really because misleading. Because just so everyone knows, now that newspapers are being sold less and less because people get their news on Twitter yeah. and the internet, these these newspaper companies are freaking out, thinking, "How do we make up revenue?" And well, we sell being, advertisement. Yes, and they're the, being bought up by these like Sinclair groups. Yeah, there's and like these big yeah six corporations own all the news. Five that's or there might be five now because one got abs- absorbed by another one. You know, mm-hmm. Murdoch and Sinclair, and then there's a few other ones too so ge i know owns a lot that headline drove me nuts because you couldn't just because you need to sell the advertisements on the side if the headline read what it was asshole plays with gun and shoots himself yeah no one clicks on that. nobody's gonna read that so and that's what bothers me that's why i think the america the world itself has a lot of problems of course yeah we should always be striving towards a more perfect union to use that phrase things are actually like I just read the thing that's like this is the safest ever yeah. you've been as a human being to be alive right now. Oh yeah, you have the you could live the longest. All this other kind of stuff. Yeah. that's not to say that everything's great. No, that's not to say that hey, Obama was president, racism was gone dead, which but is that, obviously no, stupid. No, I, I mean that, but that's like Buddhism. Like yes, but people should without, be happy. There's pain and there's happiness every single day. The sun rises and the sun sets every single day. Yes, we have to do something about climate change. But you and I are sitting here together as friends, talking to and each other. And this is going to get, you know, it's going to be available for everyone. Some kid in Singapore could listen yeah, to this. That's absolutely. incredible. This cat is adorable, you know? Like, like, yeah, things are good. All these things are happening. And you have to spend some time on the good just as much as you spend time on the bad. Focus. And find yourself somewhere in the middle. That is the only moderation that I believe in. <laughs> you know, yes. like that is the only centrism that I believe in is between Positive pain and push. happiness. Exactly. Bertie Stevens R&P, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rhea Butcher is on all the platforms at Rhea Butcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out Rhea's comedy. I know you're going to love it. Uh, podcast is put your hands together. Mm-hmm. And three swings. Three swings, which is great. I've listened to several episodes. Mm-hmm. Big fan of currently on tour. Yep. So uh, look Rhea up in a city near you. Come see me. Thanks again for everyone listening to Kilgallen's Pub. Cheers.